You're listening to the Unlocking Business Growth Podcast with Nola Heal. Nola has over 30 years of experience in financial and operations management for companies around the world. As a part-time CFO, she's dedicated to working with businesses of all sizes to create sustainable growth and amplify strategy. Ben Jones, CEO of Warhorse Materials, grew up in Manchester, England, and then worked and studied as an architectural technologist in England, Bahrain, and Dubai. At 22, he worked on the architectural design of the Bahrain World Trade Center, and then off to Dubai. After the collapse of the world economy in 2008, Ben was approached in early 2009 to do business development for an epoxy flooring company in Dubai. Learning business development in a city that has hundreds of different nationalities was a steep learning curve, but it set him up well to know that business is not personal. Ben left Dubai to live in Calgary, where he worked for a local company for four years to understand the Canadian market and met his future business partner, David Janeway. In May of 2017, David and Ben started Warhorse Materials. They had a passion for new technologies and new ways of giving long-term solution to concrete floor treatments, asphalt driveways, parkades, and pothole repair, all things many Canadians know well. They identified an underserved gap in the market, pothole repair, and proceeded to develop a product through a few iterations and feedback from roads and highway departments, and two years studying the repairs and how they performed. Potluck was born. A skip-the-dishes approach to pothole repair performed in any season. Licenses are sold across Canada for territories with the intention customers can go online and book to have their potholes filled. Repairs start at $195 for the call-out and $90 per bag of material, which can be calculated directly on the booking website. Welcome, Ben. Thank you for joining us today. To start us off, I wonder if you could give us a little bit of background beyond the buyer. You accumulated a variety of experience that led you from architectural technology to pothole technology. Can you tell us about creating warhorse materials, focusing in concrete floors, asphalt driveways, parkades, and how you came to zone in on potholes specifically? Yeah, absolutely. So, well, first of all, thanks for having me and I appreciate your time. Um, but basically, the you know the dynamics of Warhorse Materials and the way that we came about creating Warhorse Materials was um, what we felt was there's a need in the market. So, you know, having to spend, uh, I spent four years kind of studying, uh, you know, the Canadian market and you know um, what people are, are looking for, um, you know, what's currently in the market and what is missing in terms of a gap within that market. So, um, you know. Myself and David Janeway, who's my technical director, um, wanted to bring new ideas, new technologies to the market. Um, and the way that we did that was um, we went out and sourced, um, you know, smaller manufacturers um, that produce, uh, you know, epoxies and, uh, you know, concrete treatments, uh, applications, um, where we could actually um, bring them to the market, show people um, a different way of actually doing applications as well. So, and uh, yeah, and it's been something that's been, you know, uh, very productive and, and very well received on um, on the market. Fantastic. So tell us a little bit about what 
Warhorse does. What areas do you focus in? So we have basically three uh, different dynamics. Um, we have uh, concrete floor treatments. So we actually work with you know architects, designers, engineers uh, to create floor systems, not necessarily to give them a choice. It's something that we wanted to come to the market and say, okay, you want to create a um, a space or um, you know an environment for your client but you don't know necessarily how to get there without having to just pick something off a, off a chart, if you will. So come to us, tell us what the dynamics are of what you're looking for, what kind of traffic you have to build a floor finish um, that will give your client the finish that they're looking for. Because especially in this day and age, every penny counts. Um, so the way that we've worked our business as a um, basically as a supplier and installer of um, epoxy flooring, um, concrete floor finishes, is, you know, we've built a even a floor matrix uh, where designers can look at it and go, okay, these are important to me, um, you know, as a, as a floor finish. Um, if you've got a industrial facility, it's very different than you've got an office environment. So you need to build your floor and structure it in a way that makes sense to the space. You don't want to spend, you know, a bunch of money putting a flooring system down that doesn't work, you know, because then once somebody moves in, creates a problem, that's the way that it, you know, it becomes a bigger problem down the road. So we've looked at different manufacturers, um, none of the uh, big players in the industry, if you will, all the big chemical companies. We wanted to deal with somebody that's more, um, you know, smaller in size where we can adapt products, change them to the environment. Um, you know, especially the difference between Alberta and British Columbia is very, very different in its in its environment. You know, we have a oh a yeah, very dry. Don't Calgary. we know about the extremes? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's very, um, uh, very dry in Canada, in Calgary, and obviously in Vancouver they get a lot of moisture. So your products need to change with the environment. You know, and that's something that is very much missed um, in the Canadian market because. It is very different as you go across the country. Now, you know, a lot of the big chemical companies don't factor that in. They don't understand the dynamics of that. And that's where we come in and go, okay, you, have you thought about this uh, potential issue or that potential issue? You know, we can build you a flow system that takes that issue away. You know, we basically become a customized um, uh, flooring uh, company that gives people the ability to create what they want to create and not a, okay, this is the image I have in my head. You know, what we do is, is we take that image and create it into an engineering standpoint where it's like, okay, you get to finish what you want, but we basically deal with the dynamics of, okay, as you said, I've got moisture, is there movement, is there, and that's the way that we work. We build it to what they need it for and not necessarily okay, choose which option you want to go down the route with, you know? Fantastic. So that's, yeah, that's, we've, that's the way we've built our business at Warhorse Materials. Awesome. So it certainly sounds like you do a wide variety of projects, large and small, yep. indoor, outdoor, oh, yeah. uh, some extreme climates that you, you've certainly overcome. Is this true? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've done, you know, we've done large recycling facilities at 80,000 square feet. And, you know, we've got projects on um, <clears throat> on driveways at 350 square feet. You know, it's it's just a number to us. You know, it's about you know, giving clients what they need and what they want. 
Um, you know, standing behind the warranties, that's the big thing for us. Um, you know, all our systems come with warranties and they usually come not with the traditional warranties of just material. It's, you know, full bomb warranties, full installation warranties. We even have chemical warranties for some of our flooring systems. So if, Fantastic. So, so if you've got, you know, um, heavy industrial kitchens or, you know, um, heavy industrial flooring systems, we can even provide, you know, long-term chemical warranties as well to stop yeah. anything. We're basically saying our system will stop chemicals getting into the floor slab of your building, um, you know, phosphoric acids and, um, you know, alcohols and things like that. If anything like that gets into a concrete slab, it just starts to d- deteriorate the concrete slab. So, Absolutely. yeah, and so that kind of thing is important to us. Um, you know, and we've come across, um, you know, um, a lot of uh, larger chemical companies, they won't actually provide you with those warranties. You know, if you look at a lot of their technical sheets at the bottom of the sheet, it'll actually say that, you know, um, the person that is specifying this particular project, whether it's a, an architect or an interior designer or an engineer, they have to basically say that this system is fit for purpose and use within the project they're specifying. So what happens is that um, material they're specifying then goes away from, um, you know, from the manufacturers and onto the engineer, architect, designer. So they'll say on the documentation, you know, um, have you done third-party testing? Have you done your own testing? Have you done moisture testing? You know, and it's in very fine print. So if you miss it, you are on, you're the liable person for this. And so we don't have any of that. We don't have any of the fine print. We basically say, this is your warranty. That's where it is. We stand behind it, you know, because at the end of the day, we're not perfect. Nobody ever is. You know, if there is an issue, we'll fix it, you know, and we've had issues like that and we will continue to have issues like that because right. every project is very different. So, um, yes, so that's where we're at. It certainly sounds fantastic. I mean, a lot of these suppliers and manufacturers almost abdicate their responsibility because, right. yeah, it's the architect or whoever can can stand behind this thing. Yeah. And, and too many of these smaller companies, as a result, go away and it's they yeah. don't care. They go away, start a new company, and, and they're off to the races again. So yeah. And that is absolutely yeah. fantastic. And it's, um, you know, I, I kind of want to get into it a little bit in terms of, um, you know, the, the big companies, you know, um, they've got a lot of history behind them. You know, they have a lot of, uh, you know, great marketing tools. But the problem you've got is when you've got international companies like that, you know, they lose sight of local markets and they don't understand what yes. you're dealing with as a person, whether it's in Calgary, Toronto, you know, um, Edmonton, it can be out on Vancouver Island, you know, temperatures fluctuate, um, environments change. And, you know, for, for you to be able to get them to understand that, you would literally have to go into their headquarters in, in Europe or you know, or if you have a problem on a project site, you can't get your answers for three days because, you know, the local rep has to speak to, you know, the head office in Ontario and then they have to speak to the technical people out in, in Europe and it becomes a pain for everybody. So, Absolutely. yeah, so we are a big advocate of, you know, supporting local and, you know, going out there and experiencing understanding what your local market has. And that's a, a big challenge for a lot of designers and architects and engineers because they don't necessarily know what's out there. They are visit, very busy people, but you have to do your research and you have to understand what you're getting into because at the end of the day, you're liable for it. 
you know? So, and we're trying to educate people on the liability factor and, and to build them great systems. You know, it's, that's what it yes. is, is to give them what they want, you know, because, you know, designers and architects, they have the visions and they have the design elements in their head. But it's so difficult to get that out onto, you know, a floor. Now, that's what right. we do is, is we help them achieve that. You know, we give them options, whether it's an expensive, a medium range or, a, you know, an economical way of, of putting that flow system in. We'll look at all the different avenues and go, okay, and tell them the pros and cons with each, each potential Fantastic. option. So, um, so, you know, we work with them to be able to get the finishes that they re- require, whether that's, you know, if they need third-party testing, we can do all that for them. So, um, yeah, but it just nice. gives them freedom because that's what they, you know, that's what they've always wanted to do is to have that yes. that freedom to be able to, yeah. you know, put that great idea onto the floor. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and, and people overlook the floor, um, you know, in design. It's like you know, they never see it as a, um, you know, as a big um, factor um, in, a, in, a, in a space. Now, when I spent a lot of time in the Middle East, um, I lived in the Middle East for uh, seven and a half years. Well, uh, Dubai was a very new market. So, you know, whereas Calgary is obviously, you know, it's been around a long time, but Dubai was a very new market. So it was easy to penetrate and easy to un- make people understand, you know, right. what you can do and how you can do it and you know, the new ways of doing things. Um, here it's obviously, it's you know, it's been done in a such a way for such a long time that it becomes really difficult to kind of crack that market and break into it. And um, I know right. we had a bit of a conversation earlier about actually, um, you know, is kind of leveraging um, your projects. So you always look at your projects as, okay, you go in there, you do a great job. And then you go, okay, you've done a particular floor system. Where would that floor system go great in? You know, so, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've done, um, we've actually done a bunch of work for the um, Rocky View uh, County School Board. Um, we've awesome. actually been going around and doing all their, um, you know, washrooms, changing rooms, bathrooms, ripping out old uh, sheet goods and, and tiles and everything else, and then actually um, um, changing that into one of our serious right. floor systems. Now, nice. they've been so elated by it that we've actually been, we're now, I think, seven or eight schools in, uh, where we're actually ripping old floors out and replacing them with our system because they're really happy about it. So what we did is took that business and then started reaching out to all the school districts and going, okay, well, Fantastic. you know, have you seen what these guys are doing? These guys are, are leading leading the charge, if you will. Have you thought mm-hmm. about this? Have you Do you understand what, you know, how we can do this for you? Now, because of the pandemic and because of, you know, um, you know, the coronavirus is, you know, people... And it's going to be here for a long time yet. You know, it's, it's, it is, and it's unfortunate that it's going to be that yeah, way. We'll control it. We won't get rid of we it. We will. We'll yeah. control it. But, you know, we're still going to have to be cautious. But seamless flooring is a great way of keeping areas clean. They don't have great lines. They great. don't have joints. So, you yes. know, easy to sanitize, easy to clean. So yeah. that's why a lot of the Makes school... Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So a lot of school districts, hospitals are all going that way because it's, it's, it's the dynamics of it. Um, yes. We actually have systems that have um, antimicrobial, antibacterial agents in them as well. So it actually helps, you know, to stop bacteria and, and diseases breeding. So, right. so yeah. So we fantastic cross section of products that that yeah. that you're actually working on. In fact, I understand that in addition to some of these 
large expense flaws, um, be they new surfaces or repairing surfaces, you've more recently done a bunch of research on a really innovative product that all of us know so much about in spring. (laughs) And this is a pothole repair. Tell us about that one. That's right. Yeah. So we... um, for you know, a couple of years now, we've been working with highways and roads departments um, all around uh, Western Canada. Um, you know, looking at pothole repair materials, and you know, you know, it's kind of the uh, the sinful word, if you will, around uh, Western Canada. You know, it's uh, everybody hates potholes, especially this time of year. So you know, what we did is actually we spent a couple of years actually working with a manufacturer to produce a product. Um, that could deal with the environment in Alberta. Now, Alberta, obviously, you know, we saw this weekend, you know, it was 21 degrees on Saturday and then we were, you know, what was it, like minus four on Sunday with, you know, snow. Um, snow, yeah. Yeah, those dynamics you have to understand. Um, so we built um, basically a whole new business called uh, Potluck. Um, and Potluck is basically a e-commerce online business. Um, awesome. Where like um, uh, property managers can actually go out and measure their potholes, um, the size of them, the depth of them. They look on the table um, that's on the website and they can actually tell them how many bags they need to fill their pothole. So all they do is they go down and they just basically, uh, there's a call out charge and then it's, um, you know, X amount of dollars per bag and they just follow it through and they book it online. We put a hold on the credit card. We dispatch somebody, fill the holes. And then once it's done, we basically run the credit cards and away we go. So we take it, what we're trying to, what we're trying to do is take out, we know everybody's busy and it's, uh, you know, the property managers, especially because obviously they have multiple properties and, you know, especially in this climate, they're trying to deal with the whole pandemic and, you know, companies struggling and filling spaces. And, you know, what we wanted to try and do is alleviate that problem for them. Um, because you know, as well as I do, everybody hits a pothole and goes, you know, why the hell is it there? You know, it's, um, absolutely. And the sooner it can be repaired, the better. So you send out the materials and the contractor. That's right. So we've, we've built a business where we've, um, we've actually got licensees all across Western Canada at this moment in time. Um, so they've all signed up, they own their territories so you book it online, we dispatch them from there, If um, and it's all based on um, uh, the first three digits of postal codes. So all our, awesome. all our um, you know, all our applicators have basically got, you know, a list of, you know, the first three digits of portals that falls within their territory. So the order comes in and we dispatch it to the person that owns the first the three right digits. Place. Yeah. So fantastic. So it's almost a centralized booking, but a local distribution to wherever the people want to be operating the license. That's right. Exactly. So we've, we've worked on that so that it becomes, um, you know, it's manageable. Um, it's within, you know, a certain distance. Um, companies can own one territory. They can own 10. It's really down to what, what they want to do to them. Um, and we found that it's, uh, it's, it's actually, um, um, we've been a lot of positive feedback of it. You know, there's, you know, hotel change that, you know, um, there's people like um, like the Sheraton as an example. Um, they've got multiple facilities across Canada. Now, yes. the, all their parking is above ground. There's no underground parking. So right. they have potholes on their parking lots. So 
But when we kind of explain the concept to them, what we're doing is he's taking away all that fear of, okay, now I've got to call all the asphalt companies. I've got to understand how their products work, you know, and they feel, you know, a lot of people feel over their, um, you know, in over their head a little bit in terms of, you know, well, I don't understand the dynamics of all this. So what we're doing is taking all that away from them and basically building a company where it's, you know, you measure your holes, you book it online, you know, and if there's discrepancies as well, um, like say somebody goes down to fill some holes and there's a discrepancy and we need an extra bag, they will actually call the client from the details that they filled in on their um, information sheet um, that gets sent to them. They'll call the client and say, it's down to touch. Do you want to pay for an extra bag or do you not? Do you want to leave it? So we give them that option, you know, and it's the same if, um, if you know, there is an extra bag, we will actually you know, refund them. Just that credit back. it back. So, okay. So what it does is it gives them the flexibility. Like we've got clients that have said, I've got a set budget. What can you do? So we, you know, we'll actually go to the job site and go and look at them and go, okay, these are your main pain points. So if you've only got a budget of X amount of dollars, we can fill these ones, which are your biggest pain points. And then when you get your new budgets, we can fill the, the other ones. So Very not, flexible. That yeah. is pretty awesome. So now, um, does the application have to wait for reasonably warm weather, or can you do it any time of the year? You know, any time of the year. We've actually taken that whole. That was um, the initial study that we did for two years, working with you know the highways and roads departments, and uh, you know from like Okotoks and Canmore and Banff and like you know and um, Canmore uh, are all using the product or have used it. And um, one of the what we actually did is we were adapting the material as we were going along. So we had highways and roads guys telling us, okay, um, you know, it's it's a little hard to work with. Can you make it more flexible so that it makes it easy for awesome. them to put in? So we would go away, change it, and then we would send them a bunch of material so they could actually um, test it. And you know, is this better for you? Does this work? And then what we did is actually monitored the holes like over a two year period to see how, you know, whether they would stay, whether they would come out, whether it would disintegrate. Um, and we just worked with the formulator to, you know, to build that um, where we got to a point is, you know, we kind of looked at it and went, you know, there's a lot of people out there, you know, that live on acreages and, um, yes. you know, and, you know, people that, you know, are not very technically um, into this kind of stuff. So they need help and they need guidance. So we built this 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 system so that it takes all that away from them. So, and businesses these days are all online. Everything's at a you yes. know at a, you know the touch of a button, right? So the first thing you're going to do is basically you know Google. Okay, I've got a pothole. How do I fix it? And then you'll come up with all these YouTube videos and you know all these paving companies and um, right. so and then it's like. It's a fear and it's no different than an architect or an engineer or you know, a designer having fear about a new product or a new flooring system. You know, so we've we've what we've said is okay, we'll take all that away from you. You know, we want to build a business that people can rely on and it mm-hmm. doesn't cost a lot of money, you know. There's companies out there that'll, you know, charge you fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars just to go out and have a look okay. at it before you start fixing holes. So what we said is, okay, well, the call-out fee is $195, and then it's $90 for every bag that's used. Now, you know, if you can do, you know, if you've got 10 bags, it's like 1100 bucks to fix all your holes with, you know, enough to do 40 square meters at an inch. You know, it's 
That's a huge volume. Fair amount of potholes yeah. that you're filling. Absolutely. So, I mean, I love it. Yeah. Dial a pothole repair. I can get it efficiently and I can get it at a good cost <laughs> that will be durable. Yeah. I mean, so we, what um, more could these property managers want? Yeah, exactly. And it's and homeowners too. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people out there with Very asphalt true. driveways. And, um, yes. you know, and it was something that, um, you know, we felt that it was uh, – uh, an area that wasn't um it didn't have the support that it needed i mean everybody's out there it's like uh, you know there's thousands of thousands of coffee shops all around everywhere now but mm-hmm. we looked at the market in you know especially in western canada and said okay what's the biggest pain point and what is um a consistent business right we're yes. all we're always going to have asphalt we're always going to have asphalt driveways roads uh, parking lots you know and there'll always be potholes so You'll never lose Absolutely. the abilities to have uh, the business because there's always going to be potholes. So yeah, yeah, they open up new places. This exactly. repair may be durable, but it's going to open a new one somewhere yeah. else when you don't, when you least expect it and least need it. Shall yeah. we say that? And, and it's a fantastic business that that can be anywhere, realistically, well, exactly. local to the conditions across the country. Yeah, I mean, we're talking to people up in places like Whitehorse, Grand Prairie. Um, you know, awesome. we've got guys out in like Barrie, Ontario that are interested in signing up Ottawa as far as Ottawa at the moment. So fantastic. So and. What's really great about it is if companies already have existing businesses, it can actually be a supplement to your existing business too. Because right. the way that we've structured it is we've said to everybody, okay, if you fill in your information online, we'll fill it within 48 hours. Now, a lot of coatings companies, a lot of applicators, landscaping, they can go first thing in the morning, they can go on their lunch hour, they can go in the evening, they can yes. do half days and go around and fill them. So it works around their business um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be their focal business whereas we have other guys that are signed up and you know semi-retired guys that you know are looking for something to do part-time well go ahead and fill potholes you know it's uh you know as and when and you know it can fit around your uh your business and we feel it's um you know it doesn't put the pressure on these guys to have to, you know, make ends meet, especially in a pandemic. And it becomes right. where everybody's, you know, struggling and, you know, trying to scrape money together. You know, our licensing fee is very, very low. Um, and awesome. and the way that we actually do is as the bookings come in, what we do is, is take uh, the value of the bag off the $90. So what we're doing is actually accumulating it so that these guys don't have to then scramble around and look for the money. It's like when you, yes. you know, within your territory, if you filled in, um, you know, X amount of holes, let's say you've used 40 of bags holes, of your 50-bag yeah. pallet, is we know you're coming to the end because we can see it on the orders. So what we'll do mm-hmm. is ship you out another pallet, you know. So then they don't have to worry about, you know, we don't have to worry about chasing money. These guys don't have to worry about scrambling money together if they're trying to, you know, look after their families. We've made it so the structure, it makes it very easy and it's all based on, on revenue and how we push that business forward. And, you know, David um, out in Vancouver, he's been a huge uh, support to that. You know, he's calling around property managers and, you know, working on um, advertising dynamics, you know, with Facebook and, you know, I lead the Instagram charge and it's becomes Fantastic. a, you know, we're trying to reach out and reach as many people as possible to make them understand this is you can do this, you know, without yeah. spending a, you know, a ton of money. 
Um, it's very much a win-win recipe. I mean, yeah. unquestionably yeah. for the client, for the 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 uh, license owner, as well as yourself. Yeah, exactly. So. You know, because we're a big believer in you know, if we make it successful, we want our applicators to be successful. You know, because yes. we don't. You know, if they push and they, you know they can see the benefits of it and we'll give them, you know, we give them nice sized territories as well. You know, it's not like, you know, Calgary's got two, Edmonton's got two, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's, and it becomes a, well, you know, we don't want you to be scrimping and scraping and battling it out between yourselves. We want somebody to go, okay, this is your territory. Go at it. Go chasing. Yeah. Yeah. Get to it. Chase as much as you can. Yeah. And And we support. make money. Yeah. And we support them in that way as well. So, you know, we have guys that all, you know, they'll take pictures of potholes at, you know, outside like an RBC or and say, this is yes. the address. Can you find out who does it? We'll go out and, you know, we'll do the research and we'll send it back to them and away they go. So, we're you know, we don't just go, you know, this is this is your business, go and do it. We actually provide the support myself and David and go, okay, how can we get you in contact with these help people? help you succeed? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So, as a business yourselves, you must have had challenges along the way to succeed. Have you had any particular secrets to unlock your success? <laughs> yeah, I think it's um, like the, the biggest thing that I've learned is um, – is is believing in yourself like because there are days where you know you do feel low and you know money's tight and you know you you're wondering where you know your next paycheck's coming from you know there's yeah. there's always that dynamic when you start a new business entrepreneurial yeah business yes it. and it can be quite frightening um yeah. you know um i'll give you an example like myself and david david actually used to be a, a shareholder like he actually used to mm. um, run the company um, and I was a secondary shareholder. Now, uh, David's obviously in his 60s now. And we got to the okay. point where we needed to expand the business. So we had to go to BDC. Now, it was a struggle for David to get that because of his age. So what we ended yes. up having to do, I then had to buy David out so that I could become the sole owner, so that I could get that loan to grow the business. Interesting. And people don't think of things like that, right? When you when you no. need the lines of credit, you know, when you're spending, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars, you know, um, every week on and every month on materials, you know, you're fronting that project. You're fronting the project up, up front. And, you know, you might not see your return for, you know, 30, 60, 90 days. Extended period. Yeah. yeah. So you yeah, need absolutely. that uh, ability to do that. So that was a big challenge yes. for us because... You know, it was like we had to literally turn the business upside down, you know, and yeah. go, okay, well, now we've got to shift it so that we can expand as a business because it was getting to the point where we just couldn't keep up with, you know, um, with the costs of running the, the demands. Business. Yeah, and the yeah. demands of, yeah, absolutely. you know, if you've got, you know, four, five, six projects on the go at the same time and you've got, you, you need have that working capital. That. Yeah. You really do. Yeah. You know, it's a, um, you obviously have quite a, quite a good return yeah. on the business, but there's always that upfront element yeah. of there's an investment on your part before you can succeed. Yeah. And the combination of believing in yourself and getting the tools in the arsenal to try and assist you in being successful. Yeah. Would have been pretty critical. Yeah, and it's been kind of interesting as um, you know, understanding um, you know, you have to pivot, you have to change, you have to adapt the business as you're going along. You know, everybody says, Oh, you know, put a business plan in place and you put your business plan in and then it becomes, you know, you hit a wall within that business plan. And it's, you know, whether the market doesn't accept it or maybe one market does and another one doesn't. 
So what you have to go is understand, okay, why is this not working in Alberta, but it may necessarily be working in British Columbia, you know? So you have, yes. you have to look at the dynamics between the two and go, okay, which one is, you know, which one is the right way and which one's the wrong way, you know? Well, you know, if Alberta's getting a block, we have to understand why it's being blocked and, um, and is it something that we've done or something that we're not telling them or informing them and understand right. the difference between the two, you know? Um, because people are different. All the nuances. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, and the, the other thing is, is obviously getting your name out there, you know? Like we started with oh, some, yeah. you know, very small projects, um, you know, and I think that gets lost a lot. You know, we've done projects, like I was saying earlier, you know, we've done projects at 350 square feet and we've done projects at 80,000 square feet, you know, and mm-hmm. every, everything in between. Now, you know, in business, with any business, you have to you have to treat everybody equal, you know. It doesn't matter yes. the size of the project, you know. Just be honest with them and explain it, you know. You know, I've had num- numerous clients come to me and say, well, why is it so expensive? You know, like, you know, epoxy flooring, why is it so expensive at this size, at 350 square feet against 50, you know, 5,500? And I say, what you've got to understand is, is you know, our, our products come in a kit, like a 10-gallon kit. Right. So you're, you're paying for that at 350 square feet and you'll be paying it at 5,500 square feet. So mm-hmm. but because it's smaller, you see the cost of that. It's a, it's a bigger relative cost. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it excellent. gets, it gets magnified. Um, yes. and it's, you know, it's the shipping costs and everything else that get built into that. Whereas in larger jobs, it gets buried. And we also have the ability to then go from 10 gallon kits to, to drums and to totes of material. So what you do then is remove bigger jobs, bigger jobs. Well, you remove all the dynamics of, uh, buckets and pails and everything else. Yes. So when it's crossing the border, it's actually working out cheaper. So we've had to look at all those, um, uh, you know, those situations as a business yes. and go, okay, well, how can we streamline this? Um, we've just done it recently with all our uh, potluck business. So the potluck business, we've um, we've said, right, okay, we've got all these applicators now. How do we start moving it around the country? So right. we, we spoke to a, you know, a logistics company who have been great. Um, you know, they've kind of kicked us off. And we said, right, we'll start shifting, you know, 10 pallets at a time, bringing it into Calgary, mm-hmm. breaking it all down, and then shipping it to where it needs to go from shipping there. Shipping it out to the right place. Yeah. yeah. Because then you're not paying all that extra customs by bringing in bags individually to go to, you know, Saskatoon yes. or, you know, Vancouver, or we just got a one-stop yeah. shop. We bring it all in, and then we break it all apart and, and, and ship it out that way. And yeah. those are the things that I've learned. Like I've had a lot of learning experiences. Mm-hmm. When you start up a business, you, you know, you're passionate about, uh, you know, your products and what you're selling. Yes. And, but it's all the things that, you know, you're only as good as what you know. Um, and yes. you have to understand, you know, the finances and understand the logistics side of it because it can get quite complex. And, Absolutely. you know, anybody that starts a new business, I would recommend is, okay, you love what you do, but now understand all the other dynamics that you don't necessarily like doing or understand doing. Yeah. I've had to force myself to understand it. You know, I, yes. you know, I looked at QuickBooks when I first started QuickBooks and I was like, oh my God, like, you know, where do we even start? What is this? Yeah. yeah. But now it's like, you know, it's not even an issue. And, you know, the more you get into yes. it, the more you're learning, the more you adapt. And, you know, yeah. those are the, those are the, um, the model that you need to, you know, as a business owner, you need to understand that it's not, it's not as straightforward as you think it is. As much as you love what you yeah. need to do, you need to do all the 
the day-to-day stuff as well. And, Absolutely. Yeah. And just take an interest in all yeah. aspects. You may not be the expert in that area, mm-hmm. and hopefully along the road you'll delegate it to yeah. an expert in that area. But you've got to understand it because yeah. it is your business, and it can be the ultimate devil in the detail yeah. that undoes the success yeah. of, a, of a really successful business if yeah. there's just something that you – you didn't get involved in or, or chose to ignore. Exactly. Along the way. And it's, um, you know, the, the other uh, kind of uh, pieces of the puzzle as well is, is, you know, you owe the government, you know, it's GST and it's, you know, uh, you know remittance yes. and things like that is, you know, sit down and, and go, okay, well, you know, um, when we started, it was like, you know, we had you know, one business account and away we went and everything kind of fell into that. But now we've kind of separated it out all into different accounts and, you know, it's like, you know, um, all the GST goes into one and, you know, the operating goes into another and, you know, and, and make it simplified for good yourself. Good disciplines. Yeah, it Absolutely. is. And really, really good disciplines. Yeah. I've seen so many businesses get themselves into serious trouble. Well, individuals too. Yeah. On things like government, yeah. government um, money, be it taxes, be it remittances, because they got the f- the funds all mixed up and then they didn't have the cash to pay the government exactly and that's where the government doesn't wait yeah and obviously you know exactly (laughs) they don't you know and at the end of the day is is you know as a as a business owner i've always found is is, you know you have to put everything else first like you know everybody gets into business because you know they want to make money and they want to be rich and they want to be you know but what you have to understand there's a lot of work to get there and there's a lot of work to um you know where you have to look after your people and look after your staff and um, and look after, you know, all your suppliers and everybody that does everything for you and put yourself last. If you do that, it will come because everybody appreciates you and everybody pushes forward. Um, yes. so that is one thing that I've learned. And the other thing is um, is patience. Like um, right. as, as a business owner, you have to have a lot of patience Um it's very difficult. I've had to learn that. Like, you know, I'm not, mm. I can't, I've never used to be. Um, Doesn't happen overnight. No. And, yeah. um, and especially even on project sites, because things can get very heated uh, with, you know, with general contractors and fit out contractors and other trades that are in there. But you need to understand this is if you, um, uh, get into, you know, debates or arguments with these people, it doesn't help you in the long run. So the best thing to do is let it, you know, water off a duck back. Everybody's stressed. Everybody's trying to get things done and to work with them because Mm. you'll find that you'll, you'll be much more proactive when you're doing your projects. If you, if you work with people and if you don't understand, ask the questions, you know, right? it's, um, you know, I, you know, we specialize in flooring materials. You know, I would never, you know, if I don't understand, you know, stuff from the accounting, I'm probably, I always say, you know, you know, take away all the, you know, the mannerisms and the, just bring it to simplistic, like I know nothing, Simple. you know. Yes. And and yes. I think that's something that a lot of people these days that really struggle with, um, you know, um, architects, designers, engineers, they're like, I don't understand it. Can you explain it to me more detail? I'm, you know, everyone would be more than happy to do that. But right. you have to make that step. You have to, yeah. you know, come forward. Put the effort say, in yourself first yeah. to try and get there, not just a expect people to give it to you on a golden platter all the time because yeah. you can't gain understanding without a little bit of personal pain yeah. and effort yeah. trying to 
and, to understand. And also the way that the businesses are going now is, um, you know, there's very little interaction. You know, it's all done on email and it's all done on social media and everything else. Now, what we are losing the ability of is people kind of getting on the phone, like me and yourself, and how, mm-hmm. you know, obviously we're getting to know each other a little Chatting, bit. yeah. Um, how, you know, how the industry's changing, how technologies are changing, you know? Yeah. Like everybody, you yeah. know, it's, and it's kind of everybody gets put in one umbrella. So here's an example mm-hmm. about the potluck business. In the potluck business is there's two dynamics. There's um, when people are repairing potholes. There's cold mi- uh, cold um, cold patch, um, which is a material that basically gets put in the hole and, you know, it's like a temporary fix. And right. then, And then yes. you've got hot lift asphalt. Now, hot lift asphalt can only go down at certain times of the year. So yes. the asphalt plants close and then as soon as they open, which is roughly around now, is they open up. And then everybody's scrambling because they want their potholes fixed and then they want their roads doing. And, you know, but a lot of these companies uh, that do that, they're not interested in fixing potholes. And this is why we came to mm-hmm. Potlock. They're not interested because they're too busy out paving highways for the roads and yes. um, driveways for people. Like, they don't want to fix so it's all in the same season. Yeah. It's, yeah. So, you know, then it becomes a fight and it drags on. So what we did is actually created something in the middle, which is what they call a cold mix asphalt. So it's it's the dynamics of where you can put it in like a cold, um, a cold patch, but it's got the abilities like a, a hot lift asphalt. So right. we've, we we looked at that market, slipped it in and said, okay, we can now install in any environments. Like we can put down in minus temperature. You know, we can tiger torch the hole. We can put our stuff in. Um, and it's actually got... It's not temporary. It's yeah. the difference. It's and, so, so yeah. awesome. And the chemicals, and. That, like the, um, the products that's in uh, the mix itself is, you know, 97% of it is recycled material. So there's no... Even better. So, there you go. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah. So it's a huge, you know, it's a huge deal. Um, but we've we've worked on the, the cold aspect of it because of the temperature fluctuations. So yes. we needed it to stay in the hole. And that's how we came yeah. with, that's how we created Potluck. And we've had, right. you know, very, very good success with it. You know, there's always been the odd hole that's come out, but it's more it's been to do with the structure of um, what's underneath. Yes. Um, but Makes yeah, sense. I mean, we've, we've had, you know... I don't know, probably over a thousand potholes put in now, and you know we've never had one That's person come back number. and say, "Well, you know, yeah, it didn't um, last. It yeah. didn't work." It's yeah, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So, what do you see as being the trends for the next three to five years in the industry? Well, in the industry in general, like um, I think um, uh, adaption is going to take place. So, um, okay. like we've already talked, is um, and um, sustainability. Sustainability is a huge thing mm-hmm. right now, and everybody's pushing for sustainability. Now, my point on this is, you know, we quickly touched on earlier about the parking deck systems you know why membranes fail and they fail because um, of what they call osmotic delamination so if you've got a parking deck um you know parking deck membranes came out of the roofing industry like 50 years ago they got put into no 70 years ago they now got pushed into parking decks because you know everyone you know the engineers are saying well you know it works on a roof deck so you know we can put it um in a in a parkade and protect the slab from any, you know, salt, moisture, that kind of stuff. But what they didn't realize is, is that cars would track in salt. The salt would come in, you know, mm-hmm. what happens is, is it drops on the floor. Uh, membranes are um, 
um, waterproof, but they're not airproof. So the salt drops on the membrane. The concrete actually reads that there's a pH imbalance. And what it does is it sucks moisture from, because it's a, a raised deck, it sucks moisture from underneath, from the space below, the heated space, ah. pushes it upwards, um, creates a blister in the coating. So if anybody's out there, you know, designers, engineers, architects that have ever seen, you know, blistering on a parking deck membrane, what it is That's is osmotic delamination. So it fills with water from below when everybody wonders how the water gets in. It doesn't. It You know, it comes from underneath. It's coming from underneath. It's yeah. not in, it's under. No. So the... So the cars come along, they hit it, bump, hydrojack the whole thing, um, and then that's where you see failed membranes. Now, what yes. we've done is taken bridge deck technology that has had 20 years, and the whole industry around bridge decks is to keep everything out of the structure of the bridge because you don't want the bridge falling right. apart. You know That would ah, be a major catastrophe, um, yeah. and the liability is like huge. So oh, what they do goodness. is they, they put these systems on top to keep everything out of the rebar, everything out of the concrete. So what we did is, did is take that technology, put it into parking decks, uh, industrial facilities uh, to keep everything out of the slab. So it's now what we've done is created a barrier that is um, airproof and moisture proof so that nothing, so the concrete can't read if there's salt on the surface. So we've actually what? blocked that off with our system. Um, and that's something that is a big, big issue. I've been down to places like Chicago, where I've had phone calls from Stratas in Chicago and said, you know, we need you to come down and look at this step because they're tired of membranes because they've had Absolutely. huge failures. And the problem is engineers um, and architects, they go to these big chemical companies and say, you know, what do you suggest? Well, they're suggesting the same thing. Like the yes. job, the job down in Chicago, they'd had, uh, in 20 years, they spent $8 million on their 42,000 square foot parking deck. Oh, that's insane. And Let's face it. That is insane. Yeah. And the, the strata had had enough. They said, we're not listening to the engineers anymore. We're going to go and find it and source it ourselves. And that's where it becomes like, you know, it doesn't hit people in, um, you know, that are the engineers. The it hits the people that are living in those spaces. Now the customer, the end user. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But they're protected by the third party knowing that the, the contractor is the one that's going to kind of get, you know, the grief or the, the building owner is going to get the grief. And then it's like they're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. So, yeah, you know, absolutely. and it's, we've had, um, we're doing a project out in BC in Port Coquitlam in, in the summer. Same thing, three and a half million dollars in eight years. And, you know, the deck's failing again. It's coming off in sheets. And the yeah. strata are like, we've had enough. Like, we want to do something different. And that's okay. Fix it. And yeah. the, 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 what we're finding, though, is, is because of the way the environment is these days, you know, with social media and emails and everything, people are just not educating themselves enough. You know, they're not mm. understanding because, you know, all these designers, builders, contractors, they say sustainable, sustainable, sustainable. Okay. But you're putting a membrane on a, on a deck that's going to fail within three years, stripping it off. Right. Which then all goes to landfill, and then you know we're going to reapply yeah. the same thing again. Redo, redo, same product, you know, <laughs> rinse and repeat. And yeah. you know, and this is why I, I I said right at the beginning that um, you know you should always look local and look at you know what is out there, what are your new technologies? Because at the end of the day, is is as you know, designers, engineers, architects, you know, construction companies, you are the leaders in technologies, you know. You are the ones that bring things to the table. And, you know, 
when things go right, it makes you look great. If things go wrong, it makes you look really bad and, and, and kind of questions what you're doing. And they rely on the large chemical companies to give them, you know, advice and guidance. But the issue they've got is, is they're making themselves vulnerable because yeah. you know, on all their technical data sheets, it says right off the bat, you know, you have to make sure that this is a viable product for what you're specifying. And so it becomes, right. you know, and, and, and that's where the bigger picture needs to be looked at and go, okay, is this sustainable, right? Our system isn't the cheapest. It's not the cheapest, but mm-hmm. we don't want it to be the cheapest because what we've got is we've got a long-term plan. You know, we can underwrite yes. these things for, you know, five, 10 years. We bond everything. And people are looking at that and going, well, I, you know, especially the, the project out in, in Pork Equipment, like, okay, so now what we have to do for the third time in eight years is strip this deck inconvenience everybody by removing everybody mm-hmm. off the deck fix it all you know at, at x amount of money you know to do it you know yes. and it's you know yes. it's a substantial amount of money because not only yeah. now are you paying for the new material but you're also paying to have the deck stripped off and then all right. that, all that then has to go to landfill you know yeah and you know yeah. In, in Vancouver, it's not cheap to do landfill. No, so, no, and it's such a crazy cycle. Yeah. I mean, it's just it just is. positively unnecessary. Yeah, so, so you know that's kind of you know we you know we've worked on that, but it's um, you know sustainability. Everybody talks about sustainability, but they need to understand that sustainable is you know is something that lasts a long time. You know, right. So and that's where we're looking at new technologies. Like the next biggest thing that's coming is terrazzo. Like terrazzo's coming mm. back. And there's a interesting. Po- so yeah, so like for years and years, like you know, all around Europe and you know North America, terrazzo was a big thing in you know in the you know 1930s, 40s, and 50s, and right. you know, and now people are actually you know stripping old floors and finding old terrazzo, and they're in good shape. They just need cleaning up. So we're now finding that um, the trend of terrazzo is coming back. So very interesting. So what very, we very very interesting. So there's two types. There's an epoxy terrazzo and then the cementitious terrazzo. Cementitious terrazzo is the traditional way of doing it. So what we've done is actually we've now brought a cementitious terrazzo back. Um, you know because it's kind of like old school. So we've looked at the market, looked at the trends. You know you look on Instagram and you see all these things. You know it was all about uh, you know, whites and grays and things like that. But now it's like we're getting back to traditions, you know, traditions Fantastic. of, you know, what we knew worked back in the day, um, yes. you know. And it's really exciting because, like, David, um, you know, he's a concrete technologist by trade. So David's got a huge awesome. of concrete. And he's a big lover of it because it's, you know, it's quite artistic and quite... Um, it know. can be. Yeah. Really so, be. so we're finding yeah. those trends are now coming back and they're coming to the forefront of, of design. And, um, you know, we're kind of excited to, you know, bring something to the market that we can, you know, um, yeah. bring something that's got. I mean, you've got a bright future. You, you've got so many things that you've already done. And there's, you know, the, the runway is still extensive in, in the, the additional research that you're doing. Yeah. And Fantastic. Yeah. So it's really, kind of really um, done. Yeah. No, it's um, like I said, and um, kind of one quick point as well on, on the business aspect is. Um, always look at different directions. Like, um, you know, businesses should always have kind of three revenue streams, if you will. So because, you know, if the market takes a hit like it has done in the pandemic, then you should be able to move into another category that doesn't necessarily get 
affected by something like this, right? So um, we've been quite lucky in construction because we're still working on projects that were, you know, specified two years ago. So, you know, we've been protected a little bit on that. But, you know, the the potluck business with, you know, filling pots, we just felt that, you know, it's something that is a bit of an untapped market. It's something that, you know, people can rely on us. And we know we've got the product for it. So, you know, we feel confident that, you know, as it kind of gets real legs, it will become a an arm. And then we can obviously take it down into the US as well, which is something. Absolutely. And, and, and you're assisting other businesses to grow That's in right. the process as well. You know, yeah. so it's an ecosystem. It's not only yeah. only yourselves yeah. as a company. Because we, we can say, that okay, somebody awesome. may come to us and say, well, you know, I'm looking for a landscaper. Oh, like a potluck applicator in, you know, in, uh, you know, Olds or Red Deer could be, uh, you know, your guy. So talk to him. Your you know? guy, yeah. So you become yeah. this, you know, we've almost become like a, a resource for people to reach out to us and say, okay, do you know somebody that can do this? I'll do that. And all our applicators are, you know, different dynamics and different, you Absolutely. know, uh, different lines of businesses. Um, That's so, awesome. Yeah, so we, you know, really, really interesting, the amazing ecosystem that you've built. So, um, yeah. so do you have any? Um, th- I think you've basically given us some awesome thoughts. Mm-hmm. There is there anything else that you'd like to leave us with, or alternatively, how can people contact you to learn a lot more about Warhorse Materials? Sure. Yeah, they can go to our website, which is uh, www.warhorsematerials.com with an S. Everybody sometimes people forget with an S. Um, my contact details are on there. David's contact details are on there. So depending on if you're in Fantastic. British Columbia or Alberta, you can contact either one of us. Um, you know, even if you're just looking for some advice or some, you know, um, some third party thoughts on, you know, products that you're specifying, or if you just need help on, you know, I want to, you know, if you've got a thought in your mind of how to, you know, uh, create a space reach out to us i mean we're not here to um, you know we want you to consult with us and we want you to get the best out of your projects because at the end of the day is if you're doing polished concrete or epoxy flooring or traffic decks or pothole repair is we want the industry to be able to sustain itself so if people have bad experiences by picking the wrong products or not you know um, um supporting the industry it gives us all a bad reputation, not just right. walls and sales, everybody. So, you know, educate yourself a little bit. Come to us, reach out, talk to us, and, you know, we can give you some really good advice. Oh, fantastic. Well, very much appreciated. And I will link up the connections on the show notes page so that people can find them if they look back on the podcast or, or are on the move at the moment and can't write it down. So thank you very much for joining us today, Ben. It was very, very informative. I, I certainly feel that we learned a lot about the industry and the, the enormous potential that there is in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And uh Yeah, no, thanks for your time and I really appreciate you having me on. The Unlocking Business Growth Podcast is sponsored by Protea Consulting Professional Corporation. We help our clients translate their operating and accounting data into the strategy for business growth they're truly capable of. Subscribe to the Unlocking Business Growth Podcast on iTunes, Google Play and Spotify to hear from other companies that have overcome growth challenges. Get a free copy of NOLA's latest book, 
the 5F strategy, bottom line growth in any economy without additional sales and marketing. And download the financial growth scorecard at proteaconsulting.ca. Work with us to achieve your business potential. To find out if we're a fit for your business, email info at proteaconsulting.ca and follow the Unlocking Business Growth podcast on LinkedIn and Facebook.